Do you have questions about your health? Do you need to find out what's keeping you from feeling your absolute best? If so, your intuition has guided you to the right place. I am Dr. Charlize, and welcome to the Art of Healing podcast community. In this podcast, we explore all topics in health and wellness, from Reiki to functional medicine, energy medicine, chakras, and meditation. Join me every week for fresh new episodes that highlight healers, various healing modalities, and choose this as your opportunity to find what healing works best for you. If you want to learn more about me, simply Google at Dr. Charlize. Enjoy. Hello and welcome back to the Art of Healing podcast. This is Charlize and thank you so much for joining me for today's topic, which um, I thought I would shift gears. Um, I spend um, all of my daytime hours on humans and then I also blog and podcast for humans and um, overlook one of the most important uh, folks that we all deal with which are pets. So I thought it would be fun and kind of nice to discuss uh, Reiki in pets, Reiki in animals. Um, how do you do it? What are the benefits? Um, one of the most overlooked gifts that Reiki can offer. So um, those that have looked into holistic treatments for their pets <clears throat> often know, or maybe don't know that you can definitely consider Reiki in the treatment of pets can be used to treat, um, uh, serious chronic illness, um, definitely can help in the transition from, um, living to dying. And it can also be used for preventative measures such as reduce anxiety, reduce anxiety whenever you have, um, um, you know, vet visits, those kind of things. It's a really cool and powerful tool. And for those that are thinking of learning Reiki, but not, you know, like, oh, I'm not sure if I have motivation. If you have any um, pets, any fur babies or scale babies or feathered babies or oh, what else would there be? I'm trying to think of what all the different types of babies you might have, or even plant babies. Um, learning Reiki to use on them is a strong motivator, especially when you know how it can truly benefit their health and well-being. Of course, the question you probably will have is, does Reiki work on animals and do they want it or desire it? So yes, it absolutely does work on animals. And in fact, um, depending on your experience with animals, whether you've just, you know, been to the zoo, seen wildlife, whether you own pets, whether you have, um, you know, a farm, maybe you have livestock, um, Something you may notice is that, if, in, that we know from basic biology is that animals communicate one way or the other. And, you know, we as a species seem to be the only ones that consistently use words. So, um, I happened to start some reading on the topic just out of curiosity. And I found a really interesting book, which full disclosure, I did, I've not finished yet. This book is called The Natural Cat by Anitra Fraser and Norma 
Eckroat. So um, I started reading this book mostly just for some advice because I have a fur baby who is in her senior years. She is uh, Bitsy, a cat. She's 17. And of course, she's lived a very, very long and uh, exciting and fun life. But I thought, well, I'll pick up and see if there's any natural remedies to help because she's got some of the diseases that we see in elderly cats. And I had a um, a cat a few years back who passed away at the age of 18 named Lily that if already knows anyone that knew me probably heard me talk about uh, Lily at least every other sentence because she played a very important role in my life. Um, I, she joined my family um, while I was in medical school and was there throughout many jobs, relationships, all kinds of things. Uh, she lived a very long and, and fun life. But when I started reading this book, one of the things that I discovered, the author it confirmed, which I wasn't sure, but she confirmed that and absolutely, particularly cats, but likely all animals communicate in a form very differently than us humans. And they often use basically a little bit of a psychic power, mental images that they flash at each other that at least in their species allow them to communicate without the use of words or even sounds. Um, the author of that book mentions that um, if you, and if you see more than one cat together, so I had two cats for many years, that often they seem to communicate without any sound. They don't meow at each other. They only meow or make a na- noise when they're communicating with a human. And I do remember over the years wondering, you know, how was that happening? Because they seem to have their rules and relationship with each other, but it's only when interacting with me or my mom that they made any actual verbal noises. So knowing that... um, that's kind of good to know because something like an energy medicine modality um, on the surface, you think, well, that's not going to work because you can't explain to them and you can't talk to them. I will tell you from my own experience, initially doing Reiki just on my own pets and then having done Reiki on other pets, they absolutely feel it. They absolutely know it. Um, you don't need any explanation. Um, my pets have been with me during the time of me being curious about Reiki, then learning about it, then, you know, letting me treat them. And um, it's really interesting to witness what happens if they, they um, in Bitsy in particular, the cat I still have, um, she seems to know when I'm about to do Reiki on myself or someone else, and she tends to come closer. My cat, Lily, who died from cancer, um, we ended up using Reiki quite a bit this last probably two or three months of her life. And it was very interesting because she wasn't much of a Reiki fan. But as I've had a chance to do some reading and then later becoming certified on animal Reiki, I'm learning that's because they're extremely energy sensitive. And so probably she felt like the energy was too much until she wanted it. And then when she did let me do Reiki on her, rather than, um, you know, when I've treated humans, treating humans can take up to an hour or more. Um, in distance sessions may take up to 30 or 45 minutes. Um, when I would treat her, particularly uh, helping her with the pain of her cancer, we would have sessions of five minutes, maybe three minutes. And, um, actually she would tolerate the longest treatments if it was hands off, which, um, would mean letting her approach me and then performing the Reiki session hands off. So just some kind of, um, history of like, you know, my experience with it. 
But um, so how can you approach Reiki? Would you, you know, want, you know, would you find a practitioner? Would you want to do it yourself? What's the best way to do it? So there are a couple of options. Um, definitely, if you have a practitioner or know of a practitioner who you're comfortable with um, and you can work out a way how you want the sessions done, because um, again, they don't need to be in person. And because uh, pets are so sensitive, you may want to consider distance Um so if you want to have a session to see how they respond, um, I'm fairly sure most Reiki practitioners are pretty open to working with animals because that's part of the basic training anyway. And then, of course, there are some special certifications to work with animals. I've completed a certification for Yusui Reiki with animals, but it's not really required. Um, really, just being a Reiki 2 practitioner is enough. So you can reach out to a practitioner, discuss with them in person, distance. You can try a session, see what the response is. Um, If you're trying to help with a condition, ease some pain, um, ease anxiety, it could help. Um, And of course, like I always remind the listeners, it's not the same in humans. It doesn't replace medical assessments or treatments. So definitely in pets, it doesn't replace veterinary advice. Um, we would treat it the same way. So if you have a real concern, you'd want to have your veterinarian do a an assessment and a treatment, and you can use the Reiki just to help. Um, another option um, is if you're considering, you know, trying Reiki and should you try it on your animals. And this one, I I think is completely feasible. I believe if you're not a Reiki practitioner, you should do it yourself. Um, This is very powerful for the amount of financial investment you may be paying for a practitioner to do it. You could do the lessons yourself. Um, The amount of time it would take to become a Reiki 2 practitioner so that you have an understanding of the theory and the concepts and some of the mind training, it would take longer. But if you're motivated and you've got pets and you're wanting to help them, you could probably have it done within a few weeks even. And then, of course, because your pets know and trust you, it would be a very nice uh, healing modality to offer in your home. And then you'd have something available um, any time of day, whenever you feel like you need to use it. So, you know, two options, you can find a practitioner or uh, treat yourself. And especially if you're doing it yourself, really powerful to have along with your um, medical treatments with your veterinarian. Um, If you're seeing an acupuncturist with your pets, if you're um, working with a nutritionist with your pets or, you know, if you've, you've got those other things going. So doing it yourself is completely feasible. So um, how do pets respond to Reiki? And um, I've seen probably a variety of responses in my own experience. Um I found that, and of course it depends on the pet's, um, demeanor, their, um, their personality. Um, if you're considering Reiki on a pet, um, first you actually have to have their permission. Um, 
And so we actually do this with humans, although in the human realm, because we communicate and we talk, we don't quite, we take it for granted, the whole um, getting permission, you know, idea. So, you know, if someone approaches me for Reiki, I understand I have their permission or if someone I offer it to, I offer, you know, I'm getting their permission. Um, with pets, it's actually done in a similar fashion. And depending on the practitioner or if you're doing yourself, um, gaining their permission can be spoken. Um, if you're setting up to do the session, you can, you know, be near the pet and offer um, the session and just wait for them to approach you. Um, if it's being done by distance, that would involve sort of a, you know, telepathic communication with the pet, which you can definitely do. They're actually easier to communicate with than humans. And they have ways of letting you know if they want the energy or if they don't. I do think it's important to understand that there are many reasons they may not want Reiki and it's completely okay. Um, there are, um, so I learned it in some of my Reiki, animal Reiki training, but the, the perceptions, uh, in the auras of animals are very different from humans. So they tend to exist almost completely in the emotional realm. And so if for some reason an animal's being offered Reiki or you learn Reiki and you're thinking, oh, I'm going to treat my dog, I'm ready. And then you go to treat them and they run off. Um, it's really best not to take it personally and understand that there'll be reasons beyond your understanding where they may not want it. Um, if it seems like they want it, but you're not sure, um, from my own experience, I would definitely say first start with, um, distance, meaning, um, if it seems like they're open to it, treat them from afar first. Then if they approach you, you know, put hands on, but even if you do hands on Reiki, particularly the smaller animals, um, be mindful that your human energy, your humanness and the size of you can be overwhelming to a little animal. You could be overwhelming. So um, if they appear uncomfortable or squirmy or trying to get away from you, um, you'll want to back off. And, you know, the way I think of it is like, you know, how would I like to be petted by a, um, a lion, you know, <laughs> something that's a lot larger than me. It may not feel good. So, um, if you do attempt to treat them, you know, start with distance, hands off, um, let them approach you. If they come closer and closer, then continue to offer. Um, if you are Reiki trained and you've tried to treat animals and you may be used to treating humans where you follow a certain sequence, and you place your hands in different places, um, this won't probably work in animals, again, due to size. And then because their energy is different from ours and purely emotional, um, you might only get to place your hands on one place, or you may want to try just treating their aura, which is, you know, just treating around their bodies, which can go pretty far. And they, they from my experience, they appear to really like that. So a nice place to have um, Reiki, or if you know someone who can send Reiki, is in terms of rescue animals, injured animals, wildlife. Um, so uh, again, because you know I'm a physician, I work with humans, I'm really comfortable with offering help to humans, understanding human problems. That that one, you know, because it's it's my job, so that makes it easier. 
But things like when I um, see animals that need to be adopted or, um, you know, if I, for instance, I was in uh, PetSmart many months ago. This was in the midst of the pandemic and they had a cat that needed to be adopted to a home who was 20 years old and was sick. And because of the pandemic, I think they told me for that shelter that it placed the animal at the PetSmart shelter that um, they didn't know they were going to find a family because of the pet's illnesses. So um, this is where I was really happy that I could actually beam a little Reiki, not directly to the cat because I didn't necessarily have the cat's um, uh, permission. Um, you know, even though the, the cat was, you know, 20, was sick, um, this cat has its own soul journey and it's not mine to judge and not mine to even say, oh, that's so sad because this cat has, you know, her own soul journey. So um, what I could do rather than, you know, feeling sad and think, oh, that's so sad. No one's going to adopt her. I can't adopt her. I've got a cat with illnesses. Um, I could beam Reiki to her situation which, you know, it's sort of, um, I created a meditation some months ago, which was just channeling negative emotions. This was similar, which is instead of feeling sorry for the cat, I beamed some good energy at her situation so that, um, hopefully that clears the way for her situation to resolve itself with the most peace possible. Um, I don't know whatever happened with her, but I'd like to think that that helped. But same for, you know, some of you're thinking of, you know, learning Reiki, could you help um, with like shelter animals? You could be Reiki to them to help them find the best forever home. Um, you could definitely be Reiki to wildlife. So wildlife in other parts of the world, um, you know, for their situations, for safety, for protection from humans, you can do that. So that doesn't really require permission. You can just send the good energy their way. And I think finally, one of the most important places um, having this kind of healing modality can help is if you're dealing with an animal that's sick or is going to transition. Um, It really, really helps. I had, uh, when it was time to put my cat to sleep, I performed Reiki on her a lot the days days leading up to And then um, definitely during her transition, and it really helped a lot and have helped me, you know, for her, her soul journey, this part was done. She was good. (laughs) But for me, it helped a lot. That was very nice. So um, thank you so much for joining me as always. I hope this podcast has been a resource for you. And especially if you're curious as far as using this kind of healing modality with your pets. Absolutely. It helps. And then just know, of course, that, you know, if it's something you've wondered about, if you know a practitioner, probably they do this. You may just need to ask them. There are some practitioners that do only animal Reiki, so you can always try it. And then if you're an owner that wants to feel empowered, you can definitely learn it yourself. So all kinds of ways to learn it. Um, Healing arts, health and wellness can be a resource for you, including training in Reiki, which you can start through my website if you'd like. Uh, Once again, thank you so much for joining me. This is Charlize. Um, This is ending the month of June 2021, but um, definitely stay tuned for July. We're going to have some exciting events going on, an exciting program that I'm really looking forward to. Our next week's podcast is going to be a group. We're going to have two guests that will be joining And we'll be discussing a a 
program that we feel it's time, it's it's needed, um, it's definitely the the perfect place and situation that we are working on together. So definitely, um, if you haven't, you happen to catch this podcast now and it's before July, 2021, you'll want to subscribe because I think you're definitely going to want to hear what's coming on the next podcast. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining during this episode of the Art of Healing podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please leave a review. Also, you can check your show notes to find out how to get a copy of this and future episodes emailed directly to your inbox, available to listen to anytime. Finally, if you have questions or wish to connect to me, check your show notes to find out how we can get connected and find out how I can be of service to you.